Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Great news. So I want to begin with this series today, God Is. God is. God is many things to many people. We're talking about the God with a capital G, the God of Jesus, the God who sent Jesus to save us. God is. Today, I really felt heavy on my heart, or the last few weeks, at least two weeks, that I needed to speak to you about God being your Father. God is our Father. Somebody say, God is my Father. Once you accept Jesus, Scripture says, and this is a powerful dynamic, Jesus is not ashamed to call you a brother and a sister. You're part of the family of God. Now, the enemy loves to attack the father image. That's always been one of the enemy's favorite things to attack. It started in the Garden of Eden, and he started questioning God's authority. Remember when he, he asked Eve a question, and it was a very messed up question. He said, did he say you couldn't have any of the fruit in the garden? Uh, no, God didn't say that. He just said we couldn't have the fruit from that tree. So check this out. The enemy is always trying to put questions in your mind about God. And the best way the enemy can attack you and attack your family and attack your legacy is to keep you hurt with your earthly father. Earthly dads mess up. God bless them. I'm not a biological dad yet. I will be by faith. I get to be a spiritual father right now. But humans mess up and God uses the human edge. Dads aren't perfect. You know that. You dads aren't perfect. But you're around, and God bless you for that. And You love your children. But the enemy knows that if he can, he can bring an assault on us and get us hurt with our earthly fathers, then we go ahead and say, well, God is just like my earthly father. The enemy can lie to us and say, God is just like that. Your dad, your dad was gone, he left, so God's going to leave you. See, because even the devil, the enemy knows that we have an intrinsic knowledge of God's existence. Some people say there's no God. Some are doing it just because they're mad at God and they're going to teach him a lesson. So they say there's no God or they want attention or whatever reason. But Scripture says, it only mentions atheists like this, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. That's all, that's all the Bible says about atheists right there. Basically. There's also a statement in the New Testament that says God rewards though the wards and blesses those who believe that he is, right? That he exists. But those that don't believe in God, they're foolish. And many times it all starts with our father. I remember this story, Lance Armstrong. You ever heard of Lance Armstrong? He's been disgraced since because of doping or whatever, but he was an outstanding champion. And he was a great uh, Tour de France cyclist. And his dad supposedly was a believer, but his dad beat him. So guess what? Lance Armstrong says, there is no God. Now, that was years ago. His dad was a believer who mistreated him. So he said, if my dad's a believer in God and he treats me wrong and he's not a good example, there must not really be a God. And well, he's drawn the wrong conclusion. People have a free will. But let me tell you something today. You need to remember above all else, no matter who your dad is or where he is or how he's behaved, good or bad, God is your father and he is a perfect father. God is a perfect father. Somebody say, God is a perfect father. That's right. He's a role model, and he's powerful, and he is strong, and he's unchanging, and he's full of love. 
Scripture says that God is love. You'll see that in your bulletin. We put that verse in there. God is love. We may hit on that some more today a little bit, but maybe in the weeks to come this month. But God is love. God doesn't have love. God is love. He is the embodiment of the perfect expression of love. So his love for you is never twisted. His love for you is never manipulative. His love for you is unchanging. He will love you, and I've heard men and women of God say this, and I agree, he will love you all the way to hell, even if you reject him. He will love you all the way there. He'll just keep loving you. No matter what happens, God's love for you is unchanging. And God is our Father, and don't ever let the enemy try to steal and rob and mess and detract from your relationship with God because of some hurt you've had with your, your earthly father or your stepdad or a, 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 some kind of authority figure, an uncle or a grandpa. And I need to tell somebody this this morning. I don't know who this is for. Ladies and gentlemen, regardless of who you are, or your background, or what your family was like, just because there's bad and hurtful men out there, doesn't mean there are no good men out there. There are good men out there. I'm full of my flaws, but I, my wife will tell you I love God and I put him first. And my wife is a priority. And I've chosen to be a good man like my dad. I've chosen to be. And I know this room is full of good men. And there's other good men in the city and in the region. And there's lots of good men. Don't, don't give up on life and don't give up on men just because somebody messed up with you. I don't know who needs to hear that today. We've got to get that straight. We've got to forgive. We must forgive so that we, can, we don't bring baggage into our relationship with God, all right? Scripture says if we don't forgive, then he can't forgive us. Are you still with me? So we need to forgive. Don't let the devil skew your image of who God is. So first of all, just like a perfect father should, God being our father, point one today, God provides what? He provides perfect protection. He is a protector. I know growing up, I always felt safe around my dad. My dad is not a big, big old guy but he's former military. And I'll tell you a story one time. We were, at the, we were at the city park, and we were there, and I'll never forget, Dad was, I guess, the functioning youth pastor at that time. Back in the day, the pastor did everything, right? They swept, cleaned toilets, and the church was small, and they were youth pastor, they were worship leader, they were everything. But Dad was there with the youth. We were playing volleyball, I believe it was the summer after my seventh grade year, and somebody showed up high or drunk or both. You guys have met people like that, and I don't know if I can pick them out of a crowd, but I'm like, there's problems going on with you because there's something ain't right. But the dude was on something, and he was off. And I'll never forget the guy's name even. I think I remember his name. But they were seated, and they started to comment, and they were cussing and talking dirty and saying all kinds of stuff while we were playing volleyball. And it was night. It was probably a Friday night. And I'll never forget, Dad went over there and stood over those dudes and said, this is your first warning and your last warning. Y'all get out of here. You're going to be cussing like that? You, it, it basically told him, if you don't stop, it ain't going to be good. All right? And he stood over them and talked to them, and this one dude was on something. He's cussing and this and that. And, but, but they left. His friend goes, no, man, come on, Juan, let's go, bro. Come on, man. See, for some reason I remember. It's just strange. Hey, man, come on, bro, let's just go. And Dad goes, listen to your friend. Trust me, listen to your friend. Get out of here. You don't be making these girls uncomfortable here and making everybody uncomfortable and talking dirty like that. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'll never forget that. And later I was like, man, I remember thinking, Dad, uh, golly, what if the guy had a knife or something? And Dad said, I would have made him eat it. 
And, you know, Dad's always worn boots, so he had the advantage standing over. And Dad, just a tough guy. He loves God, but he felt these guys were threatening what was going on, and he didn't even waste time. And I think Dad knew the guy was on something, so he wasn't going to reason with him. Get out of here or else. And I remember thinking, man, that's just powerful to me. I felt protected. I felt protected. You know how it is, ladies and men and gentlemen, sometimes someone's around and they just make you feel unsafe because they're acting crazy, they're talking dirty, and you don't know what they're going to do. And many other times, Dad was such a good example in that. I felt protected. Now, imagine the perfect father of light, Scripture says, from, from whom all perfect gifts come. Let's go to Psalm 91, verse 1. God provides protection. He is the ultimate protector. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him. Let's keep going. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises, ooh, I love this. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. That's such a good translation. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, and though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. We don't understand everything in life, but I'll tell you this right now. I know that God, these are God's promises, and this is His best for us. He is a protector, and He will protect you. You can plead the blood of Jesus over you. I think I need to do a series on that sometime, or at least a sermon about the blood of Jesus. It does so much for it. It saves us, it delivers us, it heals us, but man, the blood of Jesus is also for your protection. And the enemy is scared of the blood of Jesus. There's a secure feeling, there's a security and knowing that God is your protector. Remember, you may even have a great dad, but God is 10 million times better than the most perfect earthly father. You may say, man, my dad was terrible. I never knew him. Well, God's, God's not ab absentee. He's always, he's always showing up, and he's accounted for. All right? So your God is your father once you've accepted Jesus. That's point one today. Point two today, this is huge for fathers, and I need you to know this about God. He keeps his word. We've all been lied to. We've had promises made to us that weren't kept. It hurt us. It upset us. It frustrated us. It broke our hearts, maybe. It disappointed us. But God keeps His word. Let's go to Deuteronomy 7.9. I love this. I've always loved this verse. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He's not some God with a little g. He's a capital G. He is the real thing. He is the right one. He is the righteous one. He is the faithful God who keeps his what? Who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. We're not even sure how long that is because people can't agree on how long a generation is. But it's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So to you and me, that just means God keeps his promises what? Forever. He's an eternal God. He doesn't live in this time zone. He's not on daylight saving time. He's not on fallback time. Thank God, because it's so annoying, right? Leave the clocks alone already. I thought it was cool when I was a kid. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. I just had to tell you all about that. He never changes, and he keeps his word, his covenant, his promises to you through the blood of Jesus, through these scriptures for a thousand generations, and he lavishes his unfailing love 
on those who love him and obey his what? His commands. Wow, your God keeps his word. What are you showing when you keep your word? How about dependability? Stability. He's not erratic and up and down. What is erratic? Let's do an example of erratic. Have you ever seen a, a bicycle or something that had a bent tire and you tried to walk it and it's doing this, it's up and down and it's everywhere? Or have you seen a vehicle that was trying to turn off and trying to start and it's leaking oil? We've all been there, right? And it's, 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 it's like coughing and sputtering and you can't keep it on. It's erratic. It's not stable. It's not steady. It's not continuous. But your God and my God, see, the God you serve because of Jesus, he keeps his word. That's why he's a perfect father. He always keeps his word. He's dependable. A dad keeps his promises. Trustworthy. Not all over the place. So we're going to do that, and it's going to be done. God has promised you, and thank God. Can you imagine God made you all these promises, and you get to heaven, and he's like, well, it's not really going to be like that here. Um, put on your work clothes. You're going to work for all eternity now. You are going to have some blisters, son, daughter. Put on some work gloves, too. We've really got a lot of stuff to do for the next millennia. If God says that you can bank on it, if God says it, you can trust it. If God has spoken it to you, it's got to line up with the word, right? You can't just say, well, God showed me that. Well, it's got to line up with the word. And if he's spoken to you, and I know he has because there's so many promises in this book right here. If he's spoken to you, he's going to do it. He's going to keep his promises. We don't understand why things happen the way they do in life. We just know that we live on a fallen planet. It has fallen away from God. Now, there's believers like yourselves. Praise God. You are light in the darkness. But this planet, it is waiting for the return of Jesus to establish his kingdom on this planet physically someday. Will that be in our lifetimes? Hey, I hope so. But whenever it is, we're going to be ready. And if not, we will die believing because he what? He keeps his word. We'll go to heaven knowing that we're going to be in eternity with him forever. That's a great comfort, isn't it? Your God keeps his word. Somebody repeat after me and say, my God keeps his word say my God keeps his word one more time say my God keeps his word praise God we know he keeps his word how about this I love this point three he's available my dad my dad had lots of strengths growing up but I just want to say this about my dad he was always available even if it was irritating he was in our business Dad, thank God. Thank God for mom and dad. They were always in our business. Where are you going? Was it one of the sons of David? Was his name Abijah? Was that his name? Or what was his name? Abijah? Scripture says that David never once questioned him and said, what are you doing? And that guy turned out to be a real jerk. He tried to take the throne for himself, do stuff out of order. He could have really caused some problems, but got, he got taken care of. But I guarantee you, my parents were in my business, and they were questioning me. I thank God, and I don't know who needs to hear this today, I promise. I don't know your business, but I know this. I thank God that my parents were not afraid of me. Parents, don't be afraid of your kids, and you need their approval. You can get to an age someday where you're friends, but when you're raising your kiddos, you can't be their friends. I don't know who needs to hear that today. When you're raising them and training them up, you can't be their friends. They got to know that this is wrong, this is right. You can love them, you can have fun with them, you can enjoy each other, you can get to be friends later on. But I'm going to tell you right now, kids need to know 
that parents are available and that they are in their business. And my dad was always available. He would come over to the church, and there's a church building near here. It's an old army barracks, and then he would be here. And the, our home number, because we lived in the church parsonage, <clears throat> meaning it was the church property, it was a church home that we lived in, it was a pastor's home that the church provided at that time. And our phone number at home was the same number as the church. Yeah, so Dad always knew who was calling us, even in junior high. <laughs> and Dad was never ashamed, or Mom, to get on the phone. And if they, they heard it was, it was getting out of order on the phone, just use your imagination, whatever, that people talk about on the phone. Dad would get on, and man, Dad always had a tough voice. He'd say, hey, Matthew, I need to use the phone. Okay, Dad, give me a minute. <laughs> hey, man, I'm so sorry. I got to go, man. All right, all right, bye. Call me later or not. Dude, can I get another line? Don't call me on this line anymore. <laughs> and they were great about letting us use the phone. You know, when you're in junior high before cell phones, which now they're, they're, they're glued to their phones in different ways, but we were on the phone like this, like it needed to be surgically implanted in our brain. We were on the phone. But dad was available. And your God is always available. Your God is always available. I like this verse here. Let's go to Jeremiah 23, 23. Read a couple of verses here. Look at what God is saying. He says, am I a God who is only close at hand? Says the Lord. No, I am far away at the same time. <laughs> Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth? He's everywhere all the time. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. So if he's everywhere, doesn't that tell you what it's telling me this morning? Is your God is available. He is everywhere. You may not always feel him, but he's right with you. He's right with you. I promise it. Your God is available. And you need to know that. You need to know that your Heavenly Father is right there. He's a prayer away. He's a whisper away. He's always with you. And I love that, that I was given a great example of that, that my God is available. Look at this one, number four today. God supplies our needs. That's his promise. It may not always look like it, but he's always going to take care of you, even when you're going through tough times. Now, let me add something to this, though. God's blessings are conditional. You got to do your best to walk right and live right if you're going to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. But you also need to be a giver. Somebody hear me this morning. You need to give. Give locally to your church. This is not me hustling to try to get your money. I want you to be blessed. This church is blessed. The buildings are paid off. God doesn't need your money. You need the blessing. And he's going to supply our needs, but you've got to put seed in the ground. Can you imagine a farmer expecting to receive a harvest and they haven't planted anything? We drove, we, we were headed out of town this, this weekend, and we saw all the melons growing on the way to Seminole. Have you ever seen those? I'm not sure exactly what kind they were. I don't know if they were cantaloupes. I don't know what they were, but they were everywhere. Somebody had to plant seed for that. For those to provide for someone's need, there had to be a seed that was planted. Now, God is going to take care of you. He is, but his blessings are conditional. And his word says, give and you shall receive. His word also says it's better to give than to receive. So you're going to be blessed. I promise you'll be taken care of, but you need to make, make it a practice to give. And if you're planted in this church, this is your home church, then you should give tithes here. Say, man, what is a tithe? A tithe is 10% of what you earn. 
You should give here. It supports your local church. We do things all over the world. We bless people. We help people on the streets. We do events. That's from your tithes and your offerings. Now, offerings, see, tithe belongs to the Lord. My dad has told me this before. Tithe belongs to the Lord. That means it's already his. You get paid, you just give that to God. No discussion. No discussion. Now, offering, that's your money. You do what you want with that. You pay bills and or you can give to God. Offerings really bring a harvest, okay? I just want to tell you that. Tithing and giving offerings, that brings a harvest. But offerings especially, that's over and beyond your tithe. That's God's money. You're blessed. You're protected with it. But you got to learn to give and just practice it. Be a giver. And when you give, guess what? You've always got seed in the ground. What does that mean? It means through different seasons, there's always something growing through the, the soil. Through different seasons, if you have seed in the ground, men and women of God, if you have seed in the ground, there's always something growing through every season. All right? So just... The Lord supplies our needs. He supplies our needs just like a dad should. He's a provider. Let's go to Philippians 4.19. And this same God who takes care of me, the apostle says here, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I believe that's emotional, spiritual, physical needs. Any need you can possibly think of, God will take care of it. Now this morning... I want to start to wrap this up so we have a little time to, to devote to this because I think this is so important. If you didn't see all this stuff in your dad, if you didn't see all these attributes in your dad, then you're pretty, you're pretty common. You're probably the majority of people. I believe fathers have failed in many ways. God bless them. They did their best, but then their father didn't know, and then their father didn't know, and they just perpetuated that. And... Praise God, I was raised in a family that had a, we had a really good example of mom and dad. But not everybody's family is like that. And even with great examples, we weren't perfect. We missed it sometimes. But I know that there are many people in here that your dad's really hurt you. Or you say, man, you know what? I didn't see all this in my dad. I didn't see any of this in my dad. Or I saw one of these things in my dad. Let me tell you something this morning. And I believe that this is a good beginning to this series. In that, we need to make sure that we forgive our dads. Some of you are like, I'm too old for this. I'm over 60. You are not too old to forgive, ever. We get hurt. There's stuff that's in there. And I believe we need to forgive today. And we're going to get there this morning. Would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes?